Welcome back to another week with your favorite podcast host. Is that weekly episode? Oh wow, we're so proud. Is it? Wow. Is it? Is it? I don't think we can call it weekly episodes on week two, bro. Can't we? Because I feel like <laughs> whatever. Back at it again. Um, we're gonna build off of last week's topic where we were talking about, you know, well, last week we mainly talked about finding yourself. So if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, I would advise you head on over there. Not that you can't listen to this one without listening to that one, but just so that you know like where we're building off of. You could listen to last week's episode and then come back over and listen to this episode. This episode is going to be about self-love as a holistic concept, but then also talking about, you know, what self-love looks like and not only for you, but for the people in your life and how you acting in self-love may or may not affect your relationships with other people. So I really have no life updates for y'all. Like I'm big chilling, um, school is school, life is life. Nothing monumentous has happened for me. Um, Z can let you guys know if anything happened with her, but. Yeah, literally nothing on my end either. I just try to make it through each day. It's all very routine right now. Yeah, it's definitely hella routine. Nothing out of the usual. Just big chilling until something interesting happens. We'll see. I actually don't know. I'm not really mad about it being routine. I was about to say. And we have time for the mess. So, like how much how much more how much more interesting do we really need 2020 to be let's be real exactly like i need enough. this year to come to a close that's all I right need. like new year's so, i just want to be in my bed sleeping i don't even want to celebrate same, new year's i'm a little too out. scared i don't even know next thing you know 20 bro i can't 2021 is not and i know everybody's like waiting for 2020 to be over because 2021 will be better, but realistically speaking, it is probably it won't be. Will not be. But I also just feel like this year has been so long. Bro, that's... It's, it's kind of like, how are we in September already? But it's also like, how is this year not finished? You know what I mean? How, right, I how just, are we separate I enough? Feel, I feel like I've been through enough this year. I've done enough. I've seen enough. I've heard enough. The world has gone to shit enough. Like, <laughs> it's, there's, just, there's too much. There's been too much. I'm up to my limit. I've reached. I'm beyond my limit with 2020. But yeah, so the first thing that I wanted to touch on is, you know, what self-love and self, I feel like self, a big part of self-love is self-care, yeah, for me especially. And so you really have to ask yourself what self-love and self-care looks like for you. So yes, last week when we were talking about, you know, finding yourself and starting that those building blocks that foundation for self-love we were talking about you know spending time with yourself and you know really trying to highlight the best parts of what you see in yourself and building on that and you know just being positive with yourself whether it's positive affirmations or taking enough time to give yourself downtime or you know exercise whatever that looks like for you so the first thing that I want to ask you Z is what self-love looks like for you what does self-care look like for you generally speaking Mm, I feel like my self-care is very basic and I think it should be 
I think sometimes we think that self-care needs to be like this grand scaled kind of like routine, but it can be like yeah. just the little things all the same. Um, so I think mostly for me, it's just spending time with myself, which is what I do honestly, like a lot. Um, and just kind of like having like introspective, but like not introspection, but not, it's so weird because I don't think I carve out time specifically for self-care it's something yeah it's something that I kind of like integrate into like my everyday life like I'm constantly having like little conversations with myself like um every once in a while like if the if the feeling hits me like I have like that little journal that I was like telling you about like every once in a while like I'll write something in there like Um, just like if I'm kind of like in the mood feeling it because I kind of feel like sometimes when I write in my journal like I do get to untap a part of myself that's not always at the forefront of my um, consciousness it's usually thing they're usually subconscious thoughts Um, so journaling is kind of cool in that way that I can kind of see what's always like happening underneath the surface Um, I like doing things by myself so like going out to like lunches or dinners by myself going out to brunch before I go to work, like different things like that. Right. Um, it's kind of how I do like my self-care and things like that. I read a lot of books. Reading has yeah. always been a very like, um, I don't even want to say healing. It's just something that I do. Like I enjoy, I do things that I enjoy. Basically. Right. Personally, I feel like I spend a lot of time, not, not purposely, but I agree with you that I spend a lot of time just in my day-to-day having conversations with myself I can't help it that's just how my train of thought works and personally my my head is always kind of moving at this really fast pace and I feel like part of that is my personality but also a lot of that is attributed to the way my mental health is set up so it always you know when you are watching a video on YouTube and you put it on like the two times speed that's how my that's how my thoughts go through my head so I feel like a lot of the time throughout my day, I am having these conversations with myself in my head. So introspection is relatively constant. However, I wouldn't say that I don't also carve out the time to sit down and be particularly introspective because I make a point to do that. Like I don't, I'll pick up my journal more than once in a while. Like I'll journal maybe three times a week, four times a week. I don't do it every day just because I feel as though I really don't have the time to do it every day the way that I, I enjoy doing it. But I do personally pick moments to not only do things that I enjoy, but do things that I know are beneficial to me. And that's what self-care looks like to me, doing things that I know I need to do to be the, my, the best version of myself. So for example, you know, I will try to wear exercise into my routine. I will, for me recently, I haven't been exercising as much just because I really don't have an excuse. I just haven't. And I really need to (laughs) do better on that. I've been actually talking to myself about that. But I've been doing like meditation on mornings and yoga. I'm just like sitting down with myself. So like when I'm meditating, I usually have my journal pretty nearby. And if I if a thought comes, I'll write it down so I don't lose it and then I'll build on it. But then I'll just spend some time in silence or with what with like white noise, you know what I mean? Like background music that doesn't require me to pay attention to it, but it lets me exist in a pretty level and peaceful state. And I find that taking that time out to just be doing nothing and just to be sitting with myself is very healing for me. And yeah, so for me, a lot of self-care looks like that. I would also say that 
I spend a lot of time reading. And so when I was younger, I agree with you, I also spend a lot of time reading. And when I was younger, I think I would just read things that I enjoyed. Like I read a lot of fictional work when I was younger. And it's not that I don't read fictional work still, because we both know that I do. Um, but I also now read a lot of things that help, I think, feed me. So I read, I've really been getting back into spirituality recently and not in like, not spirituality in the sense of like religion per se, like not spirituality in the sense of Christianity, but just spirituality in like a general holistic, con- as a holistic concept. And so I'll read books like that. I'll read book, like meditative type books. Uh, and then I've also really been tapping. I think I, I think I started back a lot more when everything was going down with, or when everything first started clearing up this year with BLM, I had started tapping back into a lot of the books that I would have read, like the autobiography of Malcolm and MLK and those kind of things, like Black literature. I find that a lot of that I've been reading recently and the reading of that, the re-education for me is healing, you know what I mean? Because it, right. it gives you it gives you context to how far we've come, but also what else we still need to be doing. You know what no! I mean? And I and I personally no, find no 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 no, no 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 sorry sorry sorry. So so because this is actually super important. But um Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. And this oh, is wow. literally my worst fears come to life oh because Donald Trump is really not about to be able to put another Supreme Court judge. Oh my, oh god. my god. No. Oh my god. What a mess. I have to move. I have to no, move. I can't mess. stay here. I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here. Is this the country that I'm trying to come back to? Like, to. is this who we are? And on a podcast about self-care. I need a moment. A moment of silence. Okay, it's fine. Everything is fine. Have you been able to collect yourself? No, but it's okay because I got no choice. Oh my God. It's fine. Everything is fine. Okay. Well, what was I saying, Zia? I know that you cut off my train of thought. Okay, it was for a very important reason. No, I'm not saying that it wasn't. I'm just saying... I'm trying to remember what I was talking about now. Oh, I was saying, yes, that the the re-education has been very, very illuminating for me. And I enjoy it. Um, And so for me, that in itself is an act of self-care. But what I think is very interesting is there's this portrayal of what self-care should look like on social media. And the reason I bring this up is because we do exist in an era where social media is very a very prevalent part of our lives and so I think a lot of the time we get this idea of self-care being you know bubble baths and sending yourself roses and drinking tea and going on hikes and it's not to say that self-care isn't any of those things because if that's what self-care looks like for you then that's what self-care looks like for you but I feel as though that's not all there is to self-care and I don't want there to be this glorification of what of the, the nice parts of self-care, when the parts of self-care um, and self-love that are hard to get through. So for example, I think accountability is a big part of self-love and knowing yourself and self-care. So it isn't just 
you know, bath bombs and lush face masks. It's also sitting down with yourself and being honest with yourself and having discussions with yourself and with the people around you about truths that might not be the easiest to hear or being accountable for your actions when you know that you're doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I just think that it's really important to just be cognizant of that, be aware of that, keep that in mind when moving through your life and trying to be this better self. Um, So I have my own opinions on what self-accountability and self-reliability and self-dependence and all of that looks like. But I want to start off, and I could talk about that forever, but I want to start off by hearing what your ideas about that might be, self-accountability and reliability especially, and then self-dependence. So self-accountability, I know for me it looks, and I think we'll definitely kind of like expand on this on the next podcast that we do since we're continuing kind of like this self-train for a couple of podcast episodes. But I know for me, and for me personally, self-accountability has always been a bit of like a tricky, like a slippery slope for myself because I definitely do believe in self-accountability. And I do believe that just because you might have had experienced trauma or maybe you have some sort of like toxic um, traits that maybe have nothing to do with trauma. Maybe it's just personality that you realize is maybe a little bit selfish or egoistic or things like that. Um, That literally as I said that sentence I forgot what I was going to say so let me step (laughs) over I don't listen my mind is crazy right now um I think it can be a definitely a slippery slope when kind of like dealing with that um because I think sometimes we feel that self that because we're on this self-love train it almost gives us almost kind of like a free pass to be who we want and it has to be to the world take it or leave it um and that i have these toxic things about myself and if you don't want me for me then like that's your loss and like is that really self-love though so my thing right my thing is self-awareness is self-awareness that you could so personally i am not an empathetic person and i know that about myself Right. However, there are people that I care about, you know what I mean? And because those relationships are important to me, I make it a point to go out of my way to try to practice empathy in those relationships so that right. it never feels for those people, especially those who are empaths, like it is an unequally yoked relationship. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So what I'm saying is I'm all for self-love and self-realization, but part of self-realization and self-love is self-awareness and being aware of the fact that while you may be who you are there are things that are subject to change and that can be changed and that aren't necessarily good traits and while you might not be able to necessarily fully negate them there are actions that you can take to counteract toxic traits you know what i mean so for example i'm not saying i'm not saying that not being an empath is toxic but it can appear toxic if I never think about anybody else's feelings because then I'm only ever acting out of a place of selfishness. And that's not to say that you should never be selfish because you have to hold yourself in high enough regard to do what's good for you, but it should never consistently be 
at the detriment to other people because realistically you cannot survive in this life alone right I definitely agree and I think kind of like what I was kind of getting at is that I think we do whether we like it or not I think existing in this world and being that humans are kind of like social creatures and kind of like dependent on each other like even if you don't like people you go to work because you need money to support yourself and that's interaction with people or you go to the grocery store to buy food that's interaction with people so on and so forth so i think that even with us on the self-love and like owning like your maybe like so like toxicity or like toxic traits and things like that that you kind of have an obligation to the world to the universe in a sense to at least try to attempt to curve some of that behavior and it doesn't need to be a hundred percent flip switch of a change where we don't even recognize you by the time that you're done but i think maybe taking small steps to like what you're saying take that time like if you know that you're not the most empathetic person maybe like realizing like in your job that there are going to be times where you're you're going to want to roll your eyes and not participate but like you need to find the good and things and just kind of like suck it up for a second and try to be there for other people or like with your friends when they're going through a crisis in the back of your mind you're really like i don't give a fuck about what you're telling me right now like i don't care putting those feelings to a side and like taking that quick minute to be like you know why like she is upset you need support right now and while it's maybe not something i necessarily want to do i know that you came to me because we exist in this friendship we have that relationship and we have almost kind of that obligation to each other for me to at least try um so i think i think there's responsibility in all of us to make sure that we coexist the best way possible in this right. life with other people so it's not to say that we should be codependent or we, that we should be basing all of our actions off of all the other people in our life or all the other people that we might have to interact with but at the end of the day we still have to exist with others you are not an island you do not stand in this life alone and i think the whole idea of saying you know these are my toxic traits xyz and you just have to be okay with it is very unfair and i can say and i i say i say this from a point of experience you know what I mean because I've been through this so I've been through the these are my toxic traits fuck you I mean not necessarily fuck you but you know right this is who I am and it's not enough to say you know these are my toxic traits this is who I am you just have to be okay with it because standing in your truth is not the same thing as embracing toxicity and feeding it you know what I mean right. so you can realize something in yourself the same way you may realize something in somebody else and address it and actively work to do better because at the end of the day putting aside everything else if you continue to act on toxicity not only are you going to lose people but eventually it's going to take a toll on you 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 know what i mean so if so for example let's let's compare it to something that might be easier understood if you are if you enjoy alcohol like you go out and you enjoy drinking and you enjoy the consumption of alcohol does that mean that it's okay for you to be drunk 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Absolutely not. That is not beneficial to you. That is not beneficial to anyone around you. You know what I mean? Like at some point it becomes harmful to all parties involved, yourself included. And so yeah. I, think, I think toxic traits exist in the same way when we're talking about the self-love spectrum. And then I the kind of like when we were talking about that, this kind of brought this idea to my mind of 
is there a point in time where maybe uh, trades are not necessarily toxic? They're not quite at the edge of like toxic yet, but maybe they're not like the best personality traits to have. And then do you still kind of have that obligation to work on them if you don't want to? So I think, I think with that, the line, the line there isn't the trait itself. It's right. how it affects the relationships in your life that you care about. So for example, a lack of empathy is not necessarily a toxic trait. When it becomes toxic is when I allow the lack of empathy that I have to allow me to overlook the feelings of everybody else in my life. And then the people in my life start feeling as though there's no balance in our relationship where the relationship is always about me and never about them. Or they feel like they're always feeding the me in the relationship and they're winding up empty. You know what I mean? And then if I care about that relationship, the onus is on me to work to suit, you know, to adjust and make adjustments and find out what works best to maintain a relationship that I care about. So it's not necessary to say that every trait is toxic, but the way that you allow traits to affect certain relationships in your life says something. And you also have to ask yourself, how important are these relationships to me? And I think a big part in answering this question is, not only asking how important are the relationships in your life to you, but you kind of have to ask yourself, have I effectively communicated to these people that they are important to me? Have I effectively communicated to these people that it is okay for them to tell me when something that I'm doing is bothering them? Have we set boundaries in our relationships? And so all of that comes back to, it steps away from self-love and it comes back to effective communication. So you really have to ask yourself, how are you communicating in your relationships? Because if you can't communicate in your relationships, at some point, you will always end up with a disconnect between the two people involved in the relationship. So then the question really has to be one of communication. Like, do you think it's important to communicate in relationships? How are you doing that? How are you setting boundaries? How are you maintaining and respecting those boundaries? I definitely agree with that. And I think that's kind of like the key to like everything involved. Communication is definitely so important and knowing how you communicate, how others communicate, not just on, not just at a verbal level, but at like a nonverbal level too, because I feel like what people like to do sometimes is say like one thing, but then their actions say another, and then they get confused when people yeah. kind of like misconstrue their thoughts. And they're like, but I told you, and like a really traditional one to use, and I really hate to use a relationship like card because like this is so much bigger than just like romantic relationships. It expands. But it's the into, easiest thing for but people But it's the to easiest one to identify. But when you're with the guy and he says, I don't want a girlfriend, but that he treats you like a girlfriend and then they're upset when girls ask for more and they're like, I told you what it was, but it's like, you can't. But is it ever, okay, so here is, here's my question. Before you even finish that thought, here's my question. Is it that guys get upset when girls ask for more or is it that girls assume that because they think that they are being treated as a girlfriend, they can now act as if they deserve more? Because most of the time the question doesn't get asked. It's not, oh, recently you've been acting like you're my man. Can we have a conversation and take this further? It's usually you've been acting like like you're my man, so I'm now going to act like I'm your girl. And when I do it, you're mad. 
You know what I mean? So he's right. literally, you, you feel like you're booed up. And so now you think it's okay to be blowing up that man's line <laughs> and ringing his phone and stalking his location and right. giving him attitude about things. And he's confused as the fuck because in his mind, he said, bro, this was never that. And then y'all never had a conversation, which boils right. back down to effective communication. communication. I definitely think that what you're saying is true, but I think I've seen instances of both because I think it also kind of, and I think you can definitely tell it when it comes to how their man responds after everything is said and done. I feel yeah. like men after, sometimes, and this is not all, because I definitely do think that like, sometimes girls to just jump the gun you know what i mean yeah but I, there have been situations where it's gone down you say you didn't want a relationship you acted like um you acted like this was your girl then you got confused when she wanted you to be when she wanted to be your girlfriend and then instead of saying i'm sorry that like you think i led you on but this is not what it was or like instead of maybe like cutting off the relationship what you do then is go back to what you were doing before the exact same factual pattern and that and is like, problematic because you have pro- you have you have established your boundaries and then turned yes. around and yes. not respected the boundaries you set whatsoever so you exactly. can't set a boundary and then say oh actually despite the fact that i set this boundary i'm gonna act like i never exactly. did exactly that becomes a problem you know what i mean because why would I respect your boundary if you're not respecting, respecting. your own boundary? Mm-hmm. So this is funny because it actually came up in conversation while I was out the other night um, <laughs> with one of my friends. One of my friends and I went to dinner and we were just talking or whatever. And there was this whole situation with this person that exists in my life where, you know, when you've been friends with somebody for a while and then somebody, and I know you know this because every single nigga that you've ever been friends with has talked to this <laughs> for you. Every single one. <laughs> but, and it, it, you remember, this happened with me and the boys, la- not last year, but the year before too, you know what I mean? Right. So you, you're, you've been friends with somebody and then at some point along the line, despite the fact that the relationship started on a platonic level, y'all, somebody developed feelings. So in this case, the other party involved developed feelings and made their feelings clear and I made how I felt about the situation clear as well and said you know I don't think that that's that like progressing the relationship to our relationship to that point I don't think that that would be beneficial for either of us so we can maintain a friendship as is if you would like and if you don't want to because you think that that would be too difficult I can also understand that and they said okay and we continued being friends and it's never an issue because there's there's nothing to talk about after that. You know what I mean? Right. But then I come home for, how long have I been home? Like six, seven months. And I've yep. never home for this. I've never home for this long. You know what I mean? And we're hanging out all the time. So then it, it breeds this air of maybe her position has changed. And because you haven't asked, you're just, you're just having these conversations with yourself in your head. So you've set this you've, you've set this boundary you said you've you've drawn the, the line in the sand and i've said okay and we've maintained friendship and now because of increased exposure or whatever you feel as though you feel a way about it you feel as though something more can happen but we still haven't had that conversation and then we never have that conversation but we completely obliterate the boundary by doing something completely out of the realm of the friendship for example going on a date or having sex. 
you for saying what you really wanted to say. <laughs> I was watching you try to figure out how to word that. <laughs> um, so we do that. And then all of a sudden, the existence of the friendship is in peril because yep. nobody knows how to act. And in part, that in part, you are responsible because you obliterated your own boundary. But I am also responsible because I knew what your boundary was mm -hmm. and I let you obliterate it because in that current moment, it was beneficial for me right. to not pay attention to that boundary. Exactly. So, And that's what we call accountability. Exactly. And so I know this about myself. So two years ago, if Z and I were having this conversation, I literally would have been like, that right. has nothing <laughs> to do with me. Fuck you. Right. But now I can, with some help, because, you know, that's what my friends are for. And somehow I can step back from the situation and I can be like, oh, you know, this is where this I could have gone that. differently. Right. Yeah. So this is funny that our conversation about self-love turned into a conversation about effects of communication because somebody on our Instagram when we were asking about topics literally asked, how do you effectively communicate? Communicate. And I, when I saw it, because we never actually decided whether or not we, we were going to record a podcast topic about it, I never, like, Z and I never sat and I had the conversation. But I remember I was having this conversation with my therapist and then also I was just sitting down and I was wondering to myself, how do, how do we really c communicate effectively to make sure that, like, the people that we have relationships with, whether that be romantic, platonic, in passing, understand where we're coming from and understand the position that we're taking so i've just been jotting things down in my journal and like in my notes or whatever and i think there are a couple steps that you can take to effectively communicate you know what i mean and a big part of communication is nonverbal cues yeah and if you take a basic calm 101 class that is one of the first things they'll tell you like nonverbal cues are important and so you don't want to betray the message that is coming out of your mouth by doing different things with your body. You know what I mean? So usually when you're sitting down talking to somebody, if their body posture is completely turned away from you, they're not making any contact, you automatically assume that that person is disinterested in the conversation. You know what I mean? And so I think generally speaking, where communication is concerned, you have to be in some aspects aware of what your nonverbal cues may be portraying to the person that you are communicating with. And then my second thing is I think that sometimes when we are talking to people, we're listening to respond, but not actually listening to hear what the person is saying. So I think it's very important when having a discussion with somebody to listen to what they have to say before you even try to formulate a response. And then on the flip side, if you are the person trying to communicate something, make sure that, you know, you are be giving yourself the space and time and being given the space and time to get all your points across. So realistically speaking, if I am, if I know that I have to have a very important conversation with somebody, this isn't just like an impassing fun conversation, but if I know I have to have an important conversation with somebody, I'm going into that conversation knowing what my talking points are. Like I might not have fleshed out the entire conversation in my head and know how it's going to go because realistically you can never do that. But I know what points I want to bring up because I know what, for me, needs to be addressed. So I think that as it pertains to especially serious conversations, you should be able to know what it is that you want to say for yourself so that you're, and be sure of that, so that what you're saying isn't getting overly misconstrued. And then I think 
following that, you have to be open to getting honest feedback from the person that you are engaging with. So say what you have to say, but then also ask questions to make sure that they've understood what you said, because it's very likely that sometimes you're just talking at the person and they really haven't understood your position yet. And the best way to avoid that is to realistically ask them if they understood where you're coming from. So for me, I think whenever it comes up to important conversations that need to be had, I, those are my key points for effective communication. And you can tell me how you feel about those or if you have any for yourself. So I definitely um, have to have like these types of conversations. I feel like a lot because as you aired out my business online, I have a lot of problems kind of like with male relationships and male friendship yeah and part of that for me it even kind of goes back into earlier what we were talking about because I definitely am aware of my shortcomings when it comes to like feelings in relationships yeah but one thing about myself is that at this current time I have no no desire to change any of that yeah um so for me because for me I feel like it really works well with my what goals that I'm trying, right what I want to, yeah, what I want out of my life and the goals that I'm trying to accomplish right now, it very works well for me to have the behavior and the emotional range that I have. And I have no desire to change that. Um, so part of that is having to have a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations. And I think my two favorite phrases that I have when I'm having these conversations is one, does that make sense? I ask yeah. that all the time. I'm like, is what I'm telling you make sense? I ask that all the time in I various different ways. I always say, do you get ways. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, do like, do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Um, different things like that. And then a second one that I'm that I usually use is, you tell me what I just said. Like, I want to hear from believe your own I words. Yeah, I want that. you to tell me what you think I just I told just you. To you. Because if I, I want if to you, make sure that we're on the same yes, page. Yes, I want to know that we're on the same page. Because if you tell me what you think I said and it is nowhere near what I was trying to tell you, I know we need I to have another up and we need to rewind and try yeah. this again at a different angle. And I think and I think I think I also believe, not even as it relates to just serious conversations, but just within the maintenance of relationships that are significant to you in your life, whether that be romantic or friendship or whatever especially when there are there have been explicit boundaries set or you feel as though lines are being crossed or you feel discomfort or whatever you're feeling i think it's important to have the conversation then as opposed to prolonging it bro and as opposed to prolonging it and holding on to it because not only does that not only is that not beneficial but then it does things like breed resentment and then honestly sometimes I think you do this thing where you hold on to something and then you kind of forget what you're holding on to and it just spirals out of control you know what I mean whereas if it had just been addressed in the moment it would have been easier to address because you could have pointed out the action or the behavior that you didn't like in the moment corrected it and moved to suit as opposed to whatever the behavior that you didn't like becoming habitual and then it being harder to break a habit exactly because let me tell you the conversation I'm not trying to have what you're mad about from five months ago. I don't want to talk to you about I it. Don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear that it. Conversation. I don't, I, I yeah. don't have that conversation. Like I I'm do not, not have that conversation. Exactly. 
I'm not doing that with you. You're not going to be like passive aggressive for me for months. And then finally you're ready to have this. Well, it really bothered me. Remember when we were speaking a couple months ago and you did, I'm going to be like, no, stop it. Stop it right now. And I'm like your time for grievances has expired. Pick a new, pick a new topic, pick something else. I also think not even while going along with that, but not even saying address it then. I also think that, it's important to so I find that in my relationships because I'm maybe not the best consistent communicator and my friends know that about me I will still do check-ins you know what I mean so I'll check in and I'll be like especially for somebody that not even with somebody that so for example Zia and I don't feel the need to talk we've, we've said this on the podcast already if you look at my chat with Zia it's dumps of information like I'm giving her information she's giving me information neither of us needs to respond that's just how our friendship works. And if I go three months without talking to her, I know we're good. And that's just how our relationship works. However, there are relationships that I have with like some people where I actually probably see them and talk to them more consistently than I do Zia. But because the, the dynamic of the relationship is different, because right. the two people involved in the relationship are, are different, it's more important to check in and be like, yo, so I know this is what we said two months ago, but are you still good with that? Because right now right. your actions are showing me something different. Something and else. I want to make sure that we are on the same page and that if we're, we are not on the pa- same page, we can come to a mutual agreement that we can maintain. So right. I find and that actually, in general, that happens a lot with like my relationships with people of the opposite sex. And right. that's not to say that I don't think men and women can't be friends because I wholly believe that men and women can be friends. Most of my closest friends are men. But I also do think, okay, but you don't have any friends. (laughs) That was rude. But also true. Um, But generally speaking, I find that because of, and I don't want to get into the whole because of the way society is set up, but I'm going to say anyways, because of the way society is set up fundamentally, um, there has been this divide that has been created between men and women. And a lot of the time, I think that's why it is hard for people to maybe not maintain, but to start up a new friendship with somebody of the opposite sex. Because if you don't have that conversation up front about, you know, boundaries being drawn or whatever and saying, you know, this is purely platonic to me or whatever, then it's very easy to have those instances where actions are misconstrued or whatever. And I know that happens to me quite a bit because I don't know what... Actually, Zia can probably confirm this, but I talk with my hands a lot. I'm very emotive when I'm speaking. And I also touch people a lot. So if I'm talking yes, to you, like I might, I might touch true. your hand yeah. or your arm or like your shoulder, like your leg. And I understand that because that is how some people flirt. My actions could be misconstrued. And so then if I don't have a conversation about the way you may be perceiving my actions, then I've already set myself up for failure. You know what I mean? Right. And like that actually brought up two points. And unfortunately, I can't remember one of the points, but I wrote down the other one. So I can at least remember that. Um, But I think sometimes when we have these relationships and we notice these changes, and maybe we think it's going to go away, because sometimes, even before the big blow up, maybe you notice some nonverbal cues, some tension and things like that, but you choose not to address it. Um, because maybe you think it's like they're just having a bad day or it's going to go away. But I think that 
part of maintaining a relationship and like healthy communication is when you are starting to see patterns of change, I think it's something that you need to address. Oh, I remember the second thing. Thank God. But it's something that you need to address. So like, if you're noticing that your friend is has a little bit more sarcastic tones like than usual, I think it's perfectly reasonable for you to be like, hey, like, I noticed the last couple of times you talked that you you're a little bit more like snappy, a little bit more sarcastic with me. Like, is this just something that's affecting you, like something general that's affecting you, or is this something that I've done? And then hopefully off of that, if they're honest with you, you can actually address the problem if there is one and able to move on. And then the second thing that I literally just realized, and it was it because you were, yes, because you're talking about how I have no friends and that was super mean, but um, don't sign up for relationships you know you can't handle. I don't know why people keep doing this. If you know that you are not an effective communicator, if you know that you don't have time for friends, if you know you have, don't have time for a relationship because either emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever your reason is, you know that you do not have the capacity to maintain it. You don't, need don't, to don't let people know that and you need to not do it. Yeah. And so I, and so I like that she mentioned that because as somebody who generally speaking does not have the emotional bandwidth to take on other people's Same. most of the most of the time this is what i do so in case there's anybody else like the two of us that might need some assistance with it i always tell people you know when we link up it will always be a good time i enjoy you enough as a person that when we link up it will be a good time if i see right. you out we will hail each other we might not back some drinks we may or may not make plans to go to brunch and that's fine but please I beg you, do not expect anything more of me unless I have made it implicitly clear to you that I want you to. Because if you come in expecting more, you will wind up disappointed because I will never give it to you. Right. And that's just, that's, that's how I started my relationships from the get-go. Because I am a social person and because I am an extrovert and because I do meet a lot of people and I make a lot of connections and I believe in enjoying the connections while you have them and so you can make genuine fulfilling connections and they don't have to be super deep you know what i mean they don't have to be these super deep long-lasting friendships that you can be friends with somebody for two months and then at the end of the two months y'all aren't super close anymore or y'all aren't hanging out every day anymore and there's no beef or anything y'all just parted ways because for the two we- two months y'all were enjoying each other immensely and right. there's no need for it anymore because your schedule changed or their schedule changed or realistically the relationship was never that deep and it ran its course and that's absolutely fine and so I do that I do that quite a bit you can ask Zia I Zia and my little sister like to make fun of me because they say that I run through friends and it's not that I run through friends it's that I have people that I genuinely (laughs) enjoy but I don't enjoy them enough to feel the need to hold on to them you know what I mean so I'll meet you and we might hang out a couple times or whatever and that's good and I'll always be good vibes when I see you out like I'll see you out and I'll be like, hey, we'll catch up. How are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And it never needs to go past that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of defer to pretend this was when you were nine years old and your parents took you on vacation and you met up with another nine-year-old and y'all <laughs> had the best fucking time together. Nothing in the world was going to ever tear y'all to par- apart. But eventually the vacation does end. Yeah. And you go back to where you were. 
and there yeah. was nothing negative. It didn't end on bad vibes. Maybe you had a little bit of a tearful goodbye. You know what I exactly. mean? But like, but like that was it. And like, there was nothing negative. You enjoyed the friendship for the moment for what it was. And you moved on with your life after. And that's completely okay. Not every relationship needs to be this deep, meaningful. And yeah. I blame society, and bro. And I do. And it's not even to say that you can't have short-term meaningful deep That's connections fair. with people too That's because true. you can because you can. the people that you there are people that you can meet that your soul just connects with because maybe at the point in life that you're at and the point in life that they're at you just aligned and you needed each other to you know give each other perspective or to see each other through some shit or whatever so you met somebody and within two weeks of knowing them y'all gave each other your whole life stories and y'all had a good time and y'all saw each other through some shit and then five months later there's no need for the friendship anymore because you've both grown you know they're not everybody is in your life for a lifetime people come into your life for a reason a season a lesson wow that sounded cheesy as fuck hallmark card hallmark card anyways like i was saying not everything needs to be this infinite ever present thing sometimes you just bffs till the grave things that come in past and I mean the people that are stuck with me forever like Zia but there are also people that never have to worry about that you know what I mean so yeah so I think definitely like it's all about knowing and like this honestly it all because I know you're like we started off about like self-love but this all kind of goes back to this idea of like self-love and self-awareness and you're not going to be able to set yourself up in a good position to be able to handle these different types of like contact these different types of interactions if you don't have the internal work if you know that you're someone who needs to work about work on maybe like self-esteem because you know you have chances of codependency you're gonna have a really hard time time. on the idea of being able to distinguish short-term friendships and connections with things that are going to be long-term you're gonna have a really hard time dealing it with relationships that maybe you're gonna have a really hard time dealing with rejection because realistically speaking you might really like somebody and somebody might not like them as much as you like might not like you as much as you like them and that's absolutely okay right but if you haven't done the groundwork you will always take that way more personally than you should so that's just one example right and like you're always gonna like your relationships where you could have just had a really cutesy two three week fling with someone you're gonna be absolutely heartbroken because you thought that this was about to be the love of your life when all of the signs pointed to that this was never going to be a thing this but was just your own dick, right but this like your own dick. mental block lack of mental awareness me- lack of physical awareness is what gets in the way and that's why it's so important to do self-love to do the work to work on being independent on your own and having a very secure sense of self because it's just so much easier effective communication isn't just communicating effectively with other people it's communicating effectively with yourself so that you can also do it with other people so a big part of self-love is communication because you have to be able to sit down and how or not however you do it you have to be able to be introspective enough to say you know this is where needs work this is where it's going well this is what I need to do to maintain the relationships that I have this is what I need to do to not make the same mistakes in future relationships with whether that be friendships work relationships romantic relationships relationships. Mm -hmm. whatever this is where I need to draw boundaries that I've never drawn before because 
I've never allowed myself to, even though I've always needed to, like to be able to do any of that communication with other people, you have to be able to do it with yourself. And a lot of the basis of self-love is communication, not only with yourself, but with other people. Right. I actually just thought of something for a future podcast topic, and I'm just going to put it on here so we can have the recording. But when we were mentioning rejection, I really think we should do a podcast episode on the idea of, on rejection, just the whole concept of it. Because I think one thing that I see on social media that I think has always been super weird to me is this idea of when people break up with you, when people leave you, this idea of, he's going to miss me when I'm gone. I was the best thing that ever happened to him. He will never know happiness because I, he never know peace. May he never, like, he will never know peace or happiness ever again because he broke up with me and I could have best, I was the best thing that ever happened to him. And it's like, honestly, sis, you probably weren't. So that's okay. I think that 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 was a really good thing to mention because we're going to close up this podcast now. Um, We're closing it up as you guys can hear. But I think that that was good to mention because I'm going to let you guys know how the next couple podcasts are going to go just so that you guys know what you're tuning in for. Next week, we are going to be talking about, so we found this quote and we're going to be talking about our opinions on the quote and then diving deeper into it. So it's going to be an in-depth dive into just something that we saw, but as it related to this train of self-love and self-awareness and self-actualization that we've been on. So the quote was, I would rather adjust my life to your absence than adjust my boundaries to accept your disrespect. So while we, while we started touching on boundaries today, next week is really going to be an in-depth conversation about boundaries. And then the week after that, we'll touch on the rejection topic. But if there's anything that you guys would like to hear or you would like us to include on these episodes, feel free to send a DM, comment on a post, swipe up on a story, hit my personal Instagram, hit Zia's personal Instagram. Either way, reach out and we will incorporate it into the series because I honestly have really been enjoying the class two conversations that we've been having on this particular subject matter right so definitely follow us on instagram and twitter at badish podcast b-a-d-d-i-s-h podcast we have i guess we have a group on facebook like the account is we set do up. we do we it's like, set up i'm gonna put yeah. the i'm gonna put the link into the link tree for you guys because i feel like that would be a good resource for you guys to submit your ideas and stuff um and then we can have conversations with you outside of the podcast you guys can have conversations with e- conversations with each other and i think that that would just be a really good forum for everyone not necessarily a support system but like a networking system you know what i mean where we can just dive deeper into conversations that we've been having on the podcast if necessary right. where you if can you get hear something more, specific yeah where you can get a more real-time reaction right. um so we'll definitely send that information out on our social medias. I'll probably do an actual post that has like the group link in it so that you guys can head on over to that. And right. you guys will be hearing from us again next Sunday. Whoop.